0: In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three and One who comes in order to surprise us with his grace and to show us that the rest of our lives can be surprising. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, have you ever had that experience on the interstate or on some highway where uh, you've got your blinker on and, and you're um, ready to move into the lane next to you, whichever way that's going to be, and then all of a sudden, out of, out of your blind spot, you see a car? and uh, it 's a surprising moment, but not necessarily a good surprising moment it 's a moment where all of a sudden you you freak out and, and you, you do something you, you scream, um, you say words that are not sanctified um, you you do whatever it is, and and you try to get back into your lane um, that is the the, the my Greatest memory of that of late is it comes from about three and a half years ago. I remember it was about three and a half years ago because Cricket was a baby and she was in the back seat and I was a new dad and I was driving around and I have this memory that I was probably mad about something or or some because I, I floored the accelerator and I was going pretty fast and I was go- going to get over into that lane and all of a sudden I see this car and. I freak out because he's in that that lane and I almost get into an accident and I have that moment of seeing something in the blind spot that could mean the end of not only my life but the end of my family, the end of this new baby that I have in the car with me and it devastates me and I remember I apologized to Liz, I even apologized to Cricket and her little car seat in the back. And it brings me back to a sense of that I need to be more careful driving. And it's that kind of surprise that rattles you. It's that kind of surprise that you go, oh, well, there, there's, there's something going on here. And how often is that the case in our lives where we get that sort of jolt. We get that sort of surprise. We get that sort of moment where we go, oh, so, something's not right here. We get that moment where, where we think to ourselves, okay, something has gone terribly wrong, because I, I, I shouldn't be doing that. I've, I've been driving long enough. I shouldn't be you know, merging into a lane where there's another car. I should know to turn my head and to look in my blind spot. I shouldn't just rely on my mirrors. I should do all of this stuff. And we, we know that stuff. And maybe for you it's not driving. Maybe for you, that's just a metaphor for something else in your life. Maybe it's something in your job. Maybe it's something in a relationship that you have. Maybe it's something in your marriage. Maybe it's something in your parenting. Where you you get that moment where you just go, oh! Now I remember. And it's an interesting moment because it's something usually that... Well, you, you know what to do. You you're you're actually probably an expert. <laughs> you know how this is supposed to go and, and yet at the same time you're making a boneheaded decision that a new driver would never make. You're making a boneheaded decision that a new parent would never make. You're making a boneheaded decision that a new person in your job would never make. But there you are. The expert. Making the stupid mistake. And now you're filled with remorse and grief. And you're looking to somebody to apologize to. That's us a lot of the times. And a lot of the times it is in those moments where we are experts. Where we maybe do this better than anybody else we know. And yet... We've gotten complacent, or we've gotten lazy, or we've just stopped seeing this thing as something new, as something that is worth our attention. Maybe it's because we've been in the same job for seven years. Maybe it's because we've been doing this parenting thing for so long. Maybe it's because we've been married or in a relationship with that person for this amount of time. Whatever it is, we, we recognize that, that there's this moment where we do, we, we kind of, we sit back and we go, okay, well, this is just, this is how things go. And, and, and I'm just going to keep on cruising, but I'm kind of bored with this. I'm kind of bored with my job. I'm kind of bored with my marriage. I'm kind of bored being a parent. I'm kind of bored doing whatever it is that you do in your vocational lives. And it's in those moments that you are most likely To sin. It's in those moments where you are most likely to make a mistake. It's in those moments that you are most likely to go, Oh, I didn't expect that I would do that. It's even in the moments when you are feeling like you are such an expert Christian. That you find yourself sinning in a way that you thought you had put that away a long time ago. But here it comes, right up in your blind spot. Ready to smash you in everything that you love. I kind of wonder if that's what's happening with our buddy Paul. In this very long reading from Acts, and this very long reading from John, and all of these other readings. Believe it or not, we even trimmed that reading from Revelation because it could have been longer. And maybe during that reading, you were even feeling the sense of what we're talking about today, where you were like, I know what that story's about. I'm going to stop listening. But I wonder if that's what's going on with Paul here. Because Paul, so Paul, we know from his writings, Paul is a expert. I mean, if there's anybody who's an expert, it's Paul. Paul is this rock star Pharisee. He was born on the right day. He was circumcised on the right day. He was zealous. He became a Pharisee. He was the guy who got to be the human coat rack as they stoned Stephen. He was this guy who had All of this religiosity, all of this sense of, well, I'm going to pray really well, and I'm going to get up, and I'm going to memorize scripture, and I'm going to do all of this good religious stuff. But then somewhere along the line, I'm betting that he just got kind of bored with that. And when he got bored with that, he found a new hobby, and his new hobby was murder. Because murder is exciting, Is maybe not the best thing in the world, but it's exciting. And Paul gets pulled away from prayers and reading scripture and memorizing scripture and arguing theology and doing all of the stuff that a good Pharisee should do when he goes, well, let me murder some more people. Give me a letter so that I can go over to Damascus and then I can go and get some people and I can bring them back here and we can murder them. By the way, murder even amongst the Pharisees, not considered to be a religious thing. But he gets distracted by it. Because he's such an expert. Because all of that stuff, oh, I know how to pray. Oh, I know how to read scripture. I, I, I know how to do all of this stuff. I just need something new in my life. Maybe it's this. And then we justify whatever it is. We justify the murderous heart that we have because we're going off and we're going to go murder Christians, those crazy heretics. We justify what we're doing in all sorts of other different decisions that we're making to sin just in order to bring our lives a little bit more surprise, a little bit more excitement. So we get bored with God, and so we chase after other gods. We get bored with our lives, and so we start talking about the lives of other people. We get bored with our things, and so we start coveting the things of other people. And we do all of that because we lose what is here in these texts all over the place, is that God wants to appear in your life and to say, surprise! I mean, isn't that what Jesus is doing to Peter and all of the rest of the disciples? He's showing up. They don't know who he is. He's probably far away enough that they don't know who he is. And he says, hey, do you have any fish? They go, no. And Jesus is probably with the Holy Spirit going, watch this. And he's like, throw your net on the other side of the boat. They do it, they get a bunch of fish, and they, their memories are triggered. And they go, oh. John, who's probably the beloved disciple, says, it is the Lord. It's that moment of surprise. It's that moment of surprise that sometimes is good like that, but also sometimes is bad like Paul. Where he gets knocked off of his horse and he goes, I can't see you, who are you? And Jesus says, I am he who you are persecuting. Surprise. But in all of that, that's that's the good news for us. The good news for us is that God does not give us a life in which he wants us to be bored. And the proof of that is that one of his promises to us is eternal life. Eternal life is a death sentence. It's worse than a death sentence if you're going to be bored. It was the thing that I was so afraid of when I was a little kid that I was going to go to heaven and I was going to have to play music and sing songs and dress like an angel. And look at me now. But I was so afraid that eternity was going to be boring. But God is saying, no, I'm preparing you for a life that is not boring at all. I'm preparing you for a life that is surprising. That being a Christian means that we are inviting the God of the universe into our vocations. Being a Christian means that we're inviting him in to surprise us. That we're inviting him in, that when we're in our jobs, that we're saying, I'm not only in this job for myself, I'm not only doing these monotonous tasks that I'm used to doing over and over and over again, but I'm doing them here with the God of the universe. And we get to do this stuff together. And I get to show other people who he is by my work is crazy. And it all of a sudden isn't boring, it's exciting. And because it's exciting and not boring, we pay more attention to it. And when we pay more attention to it, we're less likely to sin. And even when we do, we pay more attention even to the fact that we're sinning so that we can then get forgiven. So that we're doing that in our jobs and in our parenting and in our relationships that we're inviting him in to be alive again. Getting ready for an exciting and a surprising experience of a resurrection that was bought for us in a very surprising way. On a cross with our Savior dying The death of a criminal. Being put in the tomb of a rich man. And then surprisingly being extracted, not as a corpse, but as an alive person. And showing up randomly in the lives of his disciples, of whom we are a few. So may you go out this week, and may you experience that surprising Lord in your life. May you pay more attention because of it, and may you see his surprising grace for you. Amen.